When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hoy. I hate to tell y'all, today might be a long episode because I am a little upset with the state of my union that was supposed to be made more perfect, but the radical left having their way is making that very hard to do. So as we all know, Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle H. Rittenhouse was cleared of all charges. And I didn't hear this story when it happened, but Norfolk Police Lieutenant William Kelly was let go for an anonymous donation to a viral Rittenhouse fundraiser. Now, thankfully, Candace Owens has raised money on her show, Candace, to be able to, um, to, to, to be able to ensure that he can feed his family. Ah. <sighs> Candace Owens said, I'm so grateful for our police officers. I can't even imagine, especially in today's political climate, knowing that you're fighting for justice and you have an entire ecosystem of horrible people that are constantly fighting against you, fighting to defund you, tell you you're not allowed to exist unless you side with the narratives that are actual lies. This makes me happy. Gave him the check, $202,000. This guy was a 19-year veteran. Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse and his defense team argued to the jury that he acted in self-defense, which was true. And here is a clip actually from, from that, uh, from that, from the cop actually. So we're going to play that here in just a second. I was, I was shocked. Um, I didn't think it was, uh, an egregious thing that I had done. Uh, Thought it was a, a private citizen just making a, a contribution and some um, some comforting words. I thought that Mr. Rittenhouse had a strong case for self-defense, and when I was fired, it came out of came out of nowhere. Ray, you're representing your client. Uh, you're challenging this firing with the city. Uh, on what grounds? Uh, first and foremost, uh, First Amendment free speech. Uh, police officers have a right to free speech. And the law is very well established on that. 
if he if there's if a police officer is speaking as a private citizen, which he was on a matter of public concern, which he was, then the police department and the city have to have a pretty substantial reason to punish him for that speech, which they don't. Um, now, also, they depri they com completely deprived him of due process. They gave him, they handed him his notice of his opportunity to respond in his charges and simultaneously terminated him, which is completely unheard of. His crime, he donated $25. The donation came with a comment that read, God bless, thank you for your courage, keep your head right, you've done nothing wrong. Every rank and file police officer supports you. Don't be discouraged by actions of the political class of law enforcement leadership. Norfolk City Manager Chip Filer on Tuesday said he'd reviewed an internal investigation of the incident and determined that Kelly violated city and departmental policies local outlet. Uh, WAVY in Norfolk reported his egregious comments erode the trust between the Norfolk Police Department and those they're sworn to serve. The city of Norfolk has a standard of behavior for all employees and we will hold staff accountable. Now in his own department, Police Cherry, Police Chief Larry Boone said that the force doesn't quote want perceptions of an individual officer to undermine the relations between the Norfolk Police Department and the community. Kelly was an 18-year veteran of the department who had been an executive officer of, for internal affairs for the last two months. He should appeal this, but Rittenhouse obviously has been freed, which should definitely help his case. I'm going to play this clip from that same interview with uh, Laura Ingram. That was race and politics at all part of your basis for your termination? I'm not sure what the uh, personal politics are of the chief or the city manager, but I'm, I'm confident that it was the pressure put on the city by a very small but vocal group of people that uh, caused them to terminate me. Yeah, no, you would 100%. 100% that's the truth. One, I'd say 107%. Here's another clip from that same interview. Yes, ma'am. What is your message to America today, tonight, about how police are being treated in this case, it seems like being treated worse than the criminals on the streets, given less rights than the criminals on the streets who are in a revolving door being arrested, let out the next day. Well, police officers all across the country, not just in Norfolk, uh, they go to work every day. They want to protect people's rights, people's rights to assemble, to peaceably protest. They want to protect um, the right for self-defense and free expression. And I don't think those rights are in conflict with each other. I think that it's important to protect them for all citizens, not just uh, private citizens, but also public employees, uh, now, teachers, police officers, firefighters. I was Boy, I tell you, Kyle Rittenhouse is making a lot of people a lot of money. In the age of crime being... I live in... Uh, I, I live in the southeast part of the state. I go to school in Athens, Georgia, the University of Georgia, Go Dogs, who've talked about this many times. And where I go to school at... It's a little over an hour away from this town called Buckhead. Or, well, I should say, basically a neighborhood in, in the city of Atlanta called Buckhead. And in the city of Buckhead, there has been a lot of crime recently. It used to be the safest part, so much so that, that Buckhead wants to become its own city. Because Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor she calls herself i don't know what she does on a daily basis 
won't allow police officers to do their job. The left, the left is at war with cops in this country. The left, quite frankly, the left is at war with cops in this country. In the past, I have talked about a story from campus reform where they wanted the police to come off of campus. And the San Francisco mayor is closing shopping district to cars amid rash of burglaries. Although, that's what it says, although amid a rash of property crimes and burglaries through at high-end boutique stores throughout the city of San Francisco, Democratic mayor London Breed announced that the city would restrict car access to the city's Union Square district in an effort to curtail thefts. Breed made the announcement at a press conference over the weekend. We're going to be making some changes to Union Square and how cars are able to access that, she said. There'll be limited access in terms of when you come to this area. Bill Scott, the chief of the San Francisco Police Department, told reporters that there would also be a considerable increase of law enforcement in the, in the neighborhoods, quote, for the foreseeable future. KRON in the Bay Area reported that it was unclear whether the new restrictions would will go into effect as the holiday shopping season begins this week. This new restrictions come as the Bay Area fell victim to a shopping spree over the weekend. Mobs robbed three high-end stores in the region over the weekend. A mob armed with hammers entered a jewelry store in the city of Hayward, 35 miles from San Francisco, at 5.30 in the afternoon on Sunday. Police told KRON4 that the witness saw about nine people enter the store, smashing cases, taking an unknown amount of jewelry, then fled the scene in two vehicles. In the town of Walnut Creek, about 30 minutes outside of San Francisco, 80 people wearing ski masks and carrying crowbars robbed a Nordstrom store Saturday night. The mob broke into the store, assaulting and pepper spraying employees and grabbing merchandise before driving away. The incident was described as, quote, clearly a planned event, according to a press release issued by the Walnut Creek Police Department. Three people were arrested in connection with the break-in, all of whom were from San Francisco or nearby Oakland, according to the release. Eight people were arrested Friday night at a Louis Vuitton outlet was robbed in San Francisco. Multiple people broke windows and emptied out the shop, according to Fox News. So while the city is facing an epidemic of organized burglaries in recent months, there was a survey published by the National Retail Federation. San Francisco is the fifth most affected city in terms of organized retail crimes. As previously reported by the Daily Wire, Walgreens was forced to close 17 stores over a five-year period simply due to shoplifting, with five more planned to close this month because of the excess shoplifting. Organized retail crime continues to be a challenge facing retailers across San Francisco, and we're not immune to that, a spokesperson for the pharmacy chain said. Retail theft across our, across our San Francisco scores, stores have continued to increase in the past few months to five times our chain average. One affected store claimed to have lost more than $1,000 per day in merchandise. Scott suggested the rise in burglaries might be related to a statewide voter-approved law that raised the threshold for felony shoplifting from 400 to 950. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about this, man. In the eyes and when it's becoming more and more and more and more and more believable to when crime is growing more rampant in safe parts of neighborhoods like Buckhead, but overall and in places like San Francisco, the left would much rather prosecute a 20 year veteran for donating to a legal defense fund, which he donated anonymously to start with, but then eventually somehow somebody snitched on him. They'd rather do that 
then increase the number of police officers. Huh, crazy idea, right? Also, it's important to point out, it's important to point out that we need to be strong on crime. Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, put something out recently that said, there needs to be a department that responds when people need them. Hmm, sounds like the definition of, hear me out now, a police force. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I need you to head over to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T dot com. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. These last couple of months, I have been working out more than I can tell you. I've been trying to get my beach body ready. That way I can look good on the beach next year or just in general. And I think you and I could always benefit from more protein. That is why I was ecstatic when Built.com reached out to me and offered to sponsor this show. They sent me a bunch of free merchandise and a bunch of free protein bars. And I must tell you, even though they were free, which is my favorite type of protein bar, they were delicious. They all I eat, even if they quit sponsoring the show, they will be all that I eat. My favorite bar is probably the double chocolate. However, the coconut marshmallow is a new bar. Delicious. Blueberry muffin. Delicious. Mint brownie. Delicious. So I need you to head on over to built.com. And when you do, you're going to need to put in the code let freedom ring. That's L E T F R E E D O M R I N G dot com. When you do that, you will get 12% off your order. Again, built.com, B U I L T dot com, promo code let freedom ring. They're a good company that definitely all of this stuff is stuff that I would recommend to my friends and family. In fact, I do. So make sure you go over and give them a try. So not only do we have the left not even deciding whether or not they want to fund police officers, the left is also eating its own. Progressive dem- progressives demand that Feinstein either help pass Democratic election bills or resign. Dun, dun, dun. A group of 69 progressive organizations in California wrote to Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein requesting that she take efforts to advance Democratic-backed legislation to reform the voting system including removing or modifying the legislative filibuster or resign from the Senate. Quote, we the 69 undersigned advocacy, civic, and environmental groups in California representing over 150,000 of your constituents respectfully request that you publicly and by the end of November call for the swift passage of the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. According to the letter, they said, quote, we further urge that you expressly and firmly advocate for the abolition of or provision of a voting rights exemption to the Senate filibuster, which is being used to obstruct consideration of both proposals. This being, of course, she said earlier that she thinks the filibuster is a great tool because she's been there long enough when they were in the minority and the majority. They went on to say, 
If you are reluctant to take these actions to safeguard our democracy, we respectfully request that you resign and enable Governor Newsom to pick a replacement who is willing and capable of fighting for our country's survival. The groups go on to argue that voter integrity legislation passed by states such as Texas, Georgia, and Arizona would, quote, obstruct people's right to vote, allow voter intimidation, gerrymander districts so politicians can choose their voters rather than being chosen by them, and give Republicans the ability to reject election, election results they don't like. They also allege that voter integrity law is, quote, being backed up by a massive purge of responsible elected officials and in t- an in intentional escalation in the in violence aimed at intimidating authorities from school boards to state houses. They added to a quote, big lie that former President Donald Trump's claim that the election was rigged. These totals of these initiatives put our nation's viability as a democracy in grave danger, the organization concluded. These groups expressed thanks to Feinstein for co-sponsoring HR slash S1 federal election legislation that would have greatly increased voter registration and federalized presidential and congressional elections, but failed in the Senate due to a Republican filibuster. Republicans were criticized by the groups for block Pat shocker for blocking the passage of HR one and, and its successor measures, the quote freedom to vote act and the John Lewis voting rights advancement act. They said the Republicans gerrymandering had ensured that Democrats would be mathematically precluded from winning elections, even though their number of total votes cast statewide significantly outnumbers their opponents. They said, we are on the verge of permanent minority rule over most of the country and hence over Congress and the presidency. Yeah, because you guys have a majority in two of the houses and one house and you're tied in the Senate and you have the presidency. Interesting. A minority rule that would make farce of the concept that voters would have the right to select how they are governed, the group said. The letters then moved on to its main point, removing the filibuster. As we ta- as Tlaib said yesterday, it's racist. The groups acknowledged that Feinstein could not flip votes in order to support the proposals of her alone, but said that as the most senior Democrat in the House, she might influence the vote of the more moderate senators. These organizations then issued a frantic warning. They stated, quote, President Biden was correct when he labeled this as our biggest struggle since the Civil War. Our existence as a nation relies on it. And we've run, we've run out of time. All will be lost if the new year begins without the voting rights being secured. Senator Feinstein, we need you to step up right now, the group concluded, reiterating their calls for Feinstein to call for bills passage, for the bill's passage and for the senator to, quote, clearly and unequivocally call for abolishing or providing the voting rights exception to the Senate filibuster so that this may be accomplished. We need you to stand up and fight for our democracy in the United States of America. If you're unable or unwilling to do so, kindly stand aside so that somebody more willing can take your place. The repeal of the legislative filibuster faces more obstacles than simply Feinstein. Moderate Democrats, particularly West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema, have stated repeatedly they oppose repealing or altering the legislative filibuster. Now... I was talking to my congressman uh, forever ago, a couple months ago, it must have been August, to which he said that they think there was about, and this was in August, before the elections, that there are about six or seven senators over there that would support the filibuster. Because the filibuster is the only thing stopping us 
from complete democratic rule. Again, it wouldn't matter if we had won the Georgia Senate seats, but uh, Lynn Wood did a good job of making sure that didn't happen. And you know, we'll get into that in the next segment. But uh, if you're subscribed to my Substack, which I think many of you are, you'll you'll have great things. If not, go to nring.substack.com. Again, nring.substack.com. Sign up for that because we talk about a lot of good things. But here's what the Democrats fail to forget, fail to use. They love, love the filibuster when they're in the minority. Because, folks, the federal government in this country was only designed to do things overwhelmingly popular. You needed three-fifths of senators to pass something. That is something that is a high burden for a reason. It's not because of racism. It's not because of anything like that. If it was for racism, well, let me tell you something about your buddy, Joe Biden's. Let me tell you something about his so-called mentor, a guy named Robert Byrd, who served in the Senate for 60, 70 years. A guy who filibustered the Voting Rights Act. Or a guy named Strom Thurmond, who Joe Biden said was a mentor to him, who filibustered voting rights and civil rights acts. I hate to tell you, but the left is wrong on many of these issues, as I think many of my listeners know. They're not going to convince 98.7-year-old Dianne Feinstein. That's why they're, they're going to start getting more radical, because they know, they know what's happening in 2022. They know what's coming. They know that the voters are rejecting their far-left beliefs. I was listening to Eric Erickson he, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about that just there used to be 20 explosions, domestic terrorist attacks a week just in California by progressive groups in the 1960s and 70s. That's coming back. If you don't think that's coming back, you are wrong. That is coming back. We have an energy secretary who doesn't know how much oil we're producing. We have Biden who doesn't know exactly what's going on. And we're going to get, we're going to get to an ad that Marjorie Taylor Greene played, which I think is just overwhelmingly hilarious. We're going to get into all that right after this. If you're like me, you're super busy all the time. That's why my friends over at The Conservative Briefing have started their very own newsletter, and it's quickly becoming one of their top newsletters in the country. So when you subscribe every morning, right to your email box, you're going to get a list of about uh, 5, 10, maybe even 15 stories, maybe not quite that high, of to let you know what's going on, to sum up the day for you, to sum up the day before, what's going to happen today, is there going to be a vote, what is going on. So make sure you go over to The Conservative Briefing Com. Many of the stories they put in there I actually use in my shows. You've probably heard them a time or two. That's probably because I partly own the company. So make sure you go over to theconservativebriefing.com. They host this podcast for us. It's great, great show. Uh, it's a great newsletter to read every single morning. I read it every single morning. Go to theconservativebriefing.com. So the left, radical. 
We already know that. So here's a clip of the energy secretary not knowing how many oil, how many bar- here. Various figures about this. So I'm curious if you know how many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me. So some suggest it's about 18 million, which would suggest you're releasing less than three days worth of supply from the petroleum reserve. You want to make a difference, but you're only releasing three days. But don't worry. Joe Biden knows this is a problem. He knows this is a problem. Listen to this. I brought together other nations to contribute to the solution. India, Japan, Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom have agreed to release additional oil from their reserves. And China may do more as well. This coordinated action will help us deal with a lack of supply, which in turn helps ease prices. The bottom line. Today, we're launching a major effort to moderate the price of oil, an effort that will span the globe and its reach and ultimately reach your your corner gas station, God willing. I've worked hard these past few weeks on calls and meetings with foreign leaders, policymakers to put together the building blocks for today's global announcement. And while our our combined actions will not solve the problem of high gas prices overnight, it will make a difference. It will take time, but before long, you should see the price of gas drop where you fill up your tank. And in the longer term, we will reduce our reliance on oil as we shift to clean energy. Now, if President Biden really, really wanted to make America less dependent on foreign oil and wanted to lower the cost of gas when you go fill up, he would just bring Trump back. Trump was great at it. He really, really was. It was pretty simple. If you wanted to bring the price of gas down, first off, don't suggest that people buy a hundred thousand dollar Hummers. That's a real thing that happened. If I was like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with the price of gas. Well, buy a hundred and two thousand dollar Hummer because if you can't, if you're if you're in the class where you're complaining about gas, obviously, obviously, then you can buy a hundred and two thousand dollar Hummer. That's exactly the point. Now I want to get to this ad from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Listen to this. There's light and hope and progress, and that's what this year's Thanksgiving, in my view, represents. But this Thanksgiving, brace yourself for the highest grocery tab you've had in decades. That's what this year's Thanksgiving, in my view, represents. The average price for the traditional holiday dinner is up 14% from last year. The price per pound of turkey, $1.36 today, about 70% more than two years ago. Rolls up 15% and cranberries up 11%. This Thanksgiving, we're all in a very different circumstance. Things are a hell of a lot better. Thanksgiving coming up. $600 million more per day Americans are going to spend on their gasoline. I think this could be the most expensive Thanksgiving that we've had in history. That means for consumers, the day after Thanksgiving could be more like bleak Friday. Wages have gone up higher faster than inflation. We can verify, no. Wages have not grown more than inflation since last Thanksgiving. It's real, and and it's rough. This Thanksgiving, we're all in a very different circumstance. Things are a hell of a lot better. Hell of a lot better. They're worse, actually. See, Joe Biden, since he was 29 years old, has never had to worry about a paycheck. Because when he was 29 years old, he was elected into the U.S. Senate. He served there for 36 years. Then he became vice president after two failed presidential runs, and they finally said, Joe, you can be vice president. Was that for eight years? Then for three years, he got his Senate pension and he got his vice presidential pension. And then now he's getting his presidential uh, uh, paycheck. 
So he's never had to worry about the cost of Thanksgiving for the last 30 years because if he's ever had to worry about it, he could just sell some of Hunter's paintings. But his constituents do. His constituents have to worry about it. But he doesn't care because it does not affect him. He'll be just fine. While vaccine mandates are causing workers to be fired, hospitals to close, all is well in President Biden's America. And he's going to be darn sure it stays that way. Because while you and I suffer, while you and I pay more at the pump, while you're worried about getting fired because you don't want to get a medical treatment, And you're trying to see if you can make ends meet. Joe Biden's in a a house guarded by armed men. Even though he doesn't want you to own a gun. He's guarded by hundreds of armed security guards wherever he goes. Getting a $400,000 a year salary. To make your salary go less and less every day. This Thanksgiving, let's give thanks that by next year, the Republicans should be in charge. And the Republicans should, will actually be the people at the table, as Joe Biden likes to say. In 2022, the Republican Party will have a once in a generation opportunity because voters rejecting the Democrats' ideas on education, the economy, the border, crime, you name it. With less than a year until the 2022 midterm elections, the Republican Party is facing once-in-a-generation chance. Even before the surprising, surprising results of the governor contest this month, everything appeared to be going well, with all signals pointing to a yes to retake Congress. However, the victory in Virginia and close defeat in deep blue New Jersey have shifted the picture. What appear to be decent advances may suddenly turn out to be transformative. The common thinking in the aftermath of the 2020 election was a type of exchange that had occurred. Democrats had maintained their gains among suburban white voters, while Republicans had made significant inroads in a more diverse working class group. Most conservatives, though not all, were pleased with the compromise, which resulted in a coalition of high de- higher development potential. But in the aftermath of this year's elections, Republicans must be wondering, can we have both? And it appears the answer to that is yes. Republicans now have a chance to achieve something they haven't done in at least a century. Long-term institutional political power. The Republican Party has long been known as the opposition party in American politics. Despite landslide victories by Richard Nixon in 72, Reagan in 80, Democrats retained control of one of the House of Representatives. Republicans control both chambers of Congress during the majority of President George W. Bush's first six years, although it was close. The 43rd president, like Biden, took the oath of office with a Senate that was equally divided. The Democrats would retake control of Congress in 2006 and keep it until 2014. Republicans' chances of gaining control now are on a fundamentally different scale. Democrats' proposals on education, the economy, the border, crime, and so on are being rejected by voters. Even on COVID-19, Biden's poll numbers have plummeted, and while some Democrats are eager to ease COVID limitations on their base, which has been terrorized for two years, does not seem to be ready. 
The goal for Republicans should be to strategically isolate Democrats as a tiny far-left party. Surprisingly, a large number of Democrats, including Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, appear to support this proposal. But of course, none of this is a done deal. To pull off a, a historic triumph, the GOP must do two things. First, be a broad tent party that rejects pur- purity tests. And second, keep a laser-like emphasis on the Democratic majority's bumbling failures. When it comes time to cast casting a wide electoral net, Republicans must draw a line between the, those who have ad- entirely disqualified themselves, but, such as Le, uh, Liz Cheney of Wyoming and others who still have a role to play, such as former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who is apparently on a media blitz. Cheney has made it her goal to sabotage Republican hopes to reclaim power until they completely reject Donald Trump. Christie, the first prominent Republican to support Trump in 2016, is determined to win even if some of the former president's allies saw him as betraying his trust. When it comes time to challenge the current Democratic Party record, the GOP should hold, should be on the offensive everywhere. Fight them in the suburbs, in the factories, in the school boards, in the patrol stations, in the grocery shops. One last thing. Republicans must act as though they belong in the brightness of national political power if they are genuinely escaped from the darkness of eternal opposition. It is not enough to portray America as a victim of progressive democratic excesses. There must be a hopeful vision of the future. If this occurs, American politics in the coming year might change in ways that will last for the rest of my generation. Before we get to the ads, if there's ever anything you think I did bad, you think I did good, you just want to comment, make sure you email me, noah at noahring.org. When you email me, I hope it comes directly to my phone. There's nobody who will screen it before you send it. Go ahead and send it to noah at noahring.org. That could be a story. That could be a news clip, whatever you want it to be. Go ahead and follow me on social media as well, at the Noah Ring on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Getter, Parler, CloudHub, probably MySpace if you really want to look that hard because it's important that you follow me on all those because I do this show once a day, but I post on social media many too many, too many times a day. So go ahead and go over to the conservative brief, or sorry, follow me at the Noah Ring uh, my website, noahring.org, sign up for my newsletter, sign up for my Substack. Uh, that way I can bring the news directly to you. All right. And we are about to be out of here for the day, but I want to play my interview with Joe Pags on his show from about a week ago or so. Great. And so here is that, what that sounds like, but I hope you guys have a blessed Thanksgiving. I do have podcasts that I've already pre-recorded coming out. I will be spending the next uh, until Sunday night, so there will be no sun, uh, in the ring with Noah Ring this Sunday. But here is my interview with Joe Pags. I will be in beautiful Destin, Florida. So if you're around that area at the Noah Ring, tweet me a picture. Maybe we can meet up. Thanks to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy on. He's another young correspondent from CampusReform.org. His name is Noah Ring. Noah, how are you? I'm doing great, Joe. Glad to be on with you. Yeah, really glad to have you on. Um, so you go to University of Georgia. You're a bulldog. Go Bulldogs, right? Yeah, go dogs! Number one team in the nation, and the Volunteers aren't going to know what hit them this Saturday. <laughs> okay, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, go, go, go up against the Vols, right? Um, Georgia's an interesting state to me, and, and here's why: um, Brian Kemp, he was on the show not long ago. Um, people call him a rhino. He got Trump's help to win, and they kind of turned on Trump. People question the whole the election thing. So they're wishy-washy on him as a conservative. Then you've got two senators that are both Democrats that I didn't think they would both win. 
last year in the runoff elections. They did. Um, yet people still say that Georgia is a red state. What's it like in the state? Now, in the university, I'm guessing it's liberal because almost all universities are. But what about, you know, Georgia proper? Does it still feel like a conservative state or not? Yeah, Georgia through and through to me really is a conservative state. I mean, if you look at it deeper in, I think something like 53% of people voted for a Republican state House or state Senate member. And uh, if you look at the congressional seating, over about 55% of the people voted for a Republican and to be their congressman. So it's still a red state. And, you know, even with the two U.S. senators who represent us on a federal level, the Republicans still have control of the state House, state Senate, and the governor's mansion, at least for now. We'll see how that goes next November. But it's still a red state through and through, especially where I live down in the southeast part of the state. Now, you get to Atlanta. That's when I, I'm not a big fan of Atlanta, but you get to Atlanta, you definitely know that you're in a liberal city. Very interesting. I mean, that's that's sort of what Blue is doing. They're taking over big urban areas, and if you take over the city, you can probably control the state. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, wh- what is school life like for you? Have you been doing it online? Can you go to class? Have there been restrictions? Do you wear a mask? Fill us in on what, what your everyday life looks like. Yeah, 100%. So uh, the, the university system of Georgia, is it, it, it regulates all of the uh, all of the public colleges in the state of Georgia. Um, they've done a really good They've, what they've done for, for college this, this year really to me is a really good idea. Uh, classes for the most part are offered in person, but let's say you come in contact with COVID, you test positive with COVID, yeah. um, you can join a Zoom online so you don't miss out. Um, so it's a good hybrid approach, which I really do think is the future um, because what if you have to travel? What if you have to go and you know be out of town for some whatever reason, uh, but you could still be available to watch the class? I think, it, I think that's a really good idea. So that's really what's going on on the campus. Uh, just uh, what we call hybrid approach to it. But most, no mask mandates, no vaccine mandates, even though some students are pushing that. And, and one wonders why they're pushing it when you can still get it and you can still spread it even if you are vaccinated. But I'm glad that you have the freedom and liberty to go to school as you'd like to. Is it a general um, sense of liberalism on campus like it is in most state universities? Um, I would say that the vast majority of people just straight up don't care and it also depends what part of campus you really? go to so okay. we have south campus which is uh we have south campus which is where all the ag majors are which is the more conservative part of campus and you have the north campus uh which is where you know the liberal arts degrees are for instance political science whatnot um and then you have mid campus which is just like the general math and science classes um i would say that they're the I say I think liberals on the campus are a minority, but I think they're a very outspoken and energized minority. For some reason, young liberals are just so emboldened to speak their beliefs, even though they're completely wrong. And I do hope more young conservatives can start to be more emboldened in their in their outreach on campus. It's Noah Ring. He's a correspondent from CampusReform.org. Go to that website every day like I do. Find out these great stories. Young reporters like him are out there covering every day, like these stories. Let's get into them. University of North Dakota proposed a sweeping gender inclusion policy that would house students according to gender identity really yeah no i mean it, it makes as much sense as as uh, i guess voting for joe biden again but uh, yeah <laughs> so what's going on in the university of north dakota wants to you know somebody could say some a six foot three incoming freshman male uh could say that he's a female and in theoretically room with some five foot tall 90 pound female um, and there's nothing she can do to stop it. There's no way she can opt out that the, that the university has shown yet. Maybe if we put enough fire uh, under them, they'll they'll get rid of this or at least have some sort of opt out. But I think this it just leads into some serious problems as we saw what happened in Loudoun County uh, when you can just identify as whatever you want to identify whenever you want to identify it. 
Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. For those who don't uh, remember the Loudoun County case, this is where a boy in in school said he was a girl that got to go to the girls' bathrooms and locker rooms and was just recently convicted of raping a girl in that locker room. Her father was actually taken away in handcuffs because he was speaking out at a school board meeting and calling up the school board who alleged they didn't know anything about the case when, of course, they did because the kid had been arrested, a police report had been made, and a trial was happening. So we know in that specific case, somebody lied about gender identity to get access to who he wanted to victimize. And this is something when Target decided that you can do this, like you said, a six foot three bearded guy who's 270 pounds can say, I'm a female and there's nothing you can do about that. So is there enough, you know, uh, are there enough loud voices and is there enough fire, as you said, to get North, uh, to get North Dakota to reconsider this? I mean, all you have to do is cite the Loudoun County case, right? You would you would think 100 percent. That's something that me and uh, other people throughout the uh, throughout the country are trying to put some fire on. That's a, you know why I wanted to speak about it today on your show. I mean, look, I mean, I completely I think that the vast majority of these transgender individuals do not want to impose harm. I, I would never say they do. Right. But the fact of the matter that it can't happen, it violates the contract with the school. The school has a contract when the parents send their kids there for them to keep them safe. Look here. I, I Now, listen, I, I play a game called Are You Smarter Than a College Student? And this is what a college student said we could do instead. This this is my I think we could do gender neutral housing, meaning if you think that you're transgender, you can room with somebody else who also thinks that they're transgender. Maybe just let them let, let everybody live off campus, let people live with family members or give them just a single room option. These are common sense ideas that could prevent people from being uh, sexually assaulted or sexually harassed on campus. And it even goes back into athletics. If you want to be transgender, fine. Have the transgender games or have the transgender track team. Instead of having boys, biological boys or men, competing against biological girls and and, and women, uh, you could have your own class. Uh, You could have your own, as you said, dorm or a separate individual room or a separate individual bathroom. This idea that not only is somebody transgender, but we as everybody else in society has to accept the person for what he or she says. And then if we don't, we're somehow you know bad or, or bigoted, that's got to stop. I mean, we have to look at real science here and say, okay, biologically, this is what you are. I get that you identify some other place or some other way. Let's have you have separate housing so that we don't get any confusion here. Uh, I think it was in Texas recently. You may or may not have heard of this, Noah. But uh, people who are transgender saying that they're women when they're biologically men are asking for condoms as they're housed with women. Why would you need a condom? I mean, what, what did I miss here? Yeah, no, you know, I haven't heard of that. And honestly, we're getting to the point right now in society where I can't tell if it's a true headline or if it's from the Babylon Bee. Right. So I uh, definitely prayers for America moving forward as we uh, as we tackle the next big issues facing my generation. Absolutely. At the Noah Ring over on Twitter. Go follow him there. It's Noah Ring from campusreform.org. Students demand cops off campus days after nearby shooting. I'm not I'm not sure I understand. Um, cops off campus to me means more rape, more burglary, more robbery. Why are they demanding cops off campus days? Or, or actually, it's cops off right. campus days after the nearby shooting. I read it incorrectly. Go ahead. Right. No, 100%. So, yeah, it's – well, the, the organization that was doing this is called Cops Off Campus. This is actually in, the, in Texas. Um, a few days after uh, there was a shooting, the president of that college, uh, a guy named Jay Hartzell – you know, he came out and he said that, you know, we're going to put more police into that part of campus. We're going to invest $8 million into more police uh, to make sure they're better funded, better trained. 
Um, and to his credit, the university has decided that they're not going to bow to the woke left um, and get rid of cops on campus because that's just getting into our last story that would make more people unsafe. But uh, I just don't see how whenever something like a shooting happens, your first thought is how quickly can we get cops here, not how quickly can we kick, kick them off of campus or wherever. It's very strange because we've now indoctrinated people of your generation and maybe the generation after you to believe that police are bad until they prove they're not. Whereas I grew up, and maybe you, you sounds like you, you grew up the right way, we grew up thinking cops are good until they prove they're not. I'm not really sure why we have to assume that the person who's there to protect and serve you and keep uh, the laws enforced is somehow inherently bad. But they're really, I mean, do you have a, a bunch of classmates who believe the same way? But you said it's more of a conservative campus, so maybe not. But do, are there classmates who actually will say to you, Noah, these police are out here killing people? Oh, no, there there, 100% is. And uh, whenever whenever they do that, I bring up a statistic that, I, that I'll tell you right now. I mean, at the University of Minnesota, after last year, they decided they wanted to defund their police, uh, their police force on campus or cut ways with the Minneapolis police force, I should say. Um, then they brought it back that just uh, last month they had a 38% decrease. So I think that it's about – I think that if we want to fight this – this liberalism that I definitely hear, and I know dozens, of, if not hundreds of thousands of students across the country hear every day, whether from their professors or classmates, it's about pushing statistics like that at the University of Minnesota, that when you bring cops back on campus, that it, it, it cuts crime. And if you want to look into the recent elections, Minneapolis decided to refund its police. Right. Buffalo wanted to wanted to vote in somebody uh, who wouldn't who who didn't want to defund the police. So the American people and I think college students are coming around to the idea that police are needed in society. Yeah, they're going to get rid of police in Minneapolis and they're going to call it the Department of Public Safety. And they decided not to do that at all and to increase the amount of funding because crime is out of control in that city. It's Noah Ring from CampusReform.org. One last one. Thomas Jefferson's image defaced at UVA. You know that Thomas Jefferson, bad guy. Yeah, I know. Super bad guy, you know. So for those of you, obviously, who don't know what's going on because you didn't write the story, and neither did I, actually. I just read it a couple of times and right. wanted to talk about it. Um, the Young Americans for Foundation, which if I had to rank the most moderate uh, right-wing student orga organizations, Young Americans for, Foundation, for Freedom Foundation would be one of the most moderate. Well, they were hosting a couple of congressmen, actually, and they were talk about Thomas Jefferson, because for those of you who don't know, Thomas Jefferson founded the University of Virginia right. 200 some odd years ago. And uh, that painting or that, that those posters, sorry, were defaced. Uh, the people who put the posters up were called racist. They called Thomas Jefferson a rapist. And all of this is just, you know, really interesting to me, because if Thomas Jefferson is that scary to the people who go to the school, why wouldn't you just go to Virginia Tech or somewhere that Thomas Jefferson didn't found? Well, it's the same thing with George Washington, uh, where they keep on trying to get rid of George Washington. I don't understand. Don't go to that university if you disagree with it. I, I really do believe there are a lot of people of your age, sadly, who decide to go to these schools just to start trouble, just to protest, just to riot, just to deface and, and, and cause trouble. They're not really there to learn anything. I, when I went to college, but it's 40, 40 years ago, maybe I got it wrong. I thought I was supposed to learn stuff. You know, I think you're 100% right there, and that's why I'm glad we have, you know, a couple of really good colleges in America, like Liberty and Hillsdale, and even more that come to mind, good Christian conservative colleges that will teach the truth, not succumb to the critical race theory that we're seeing being pushed across the country. Look, I mean, if I was as bold as they were, I'd probably be at California, Ber California Berkeley right now. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, it's just a – I don't think you should go somewhere where your ideas are completely trashed. 
Um, but no, I think that a lot of these kids probably do. They go, I know uh, we had a we had an event uh, where we had a speaker, actually Governor Kemp uh, came and people came just to harass him. I'm like, if you don't like Governor Kemp, why do you want to come and hear him speak at all? Exactly you know, right. If that, if you think he's such a terrible person. Why would you come speak? Why would you come listen to speak at all? It's like a Catholic university like Notre Dame having a pro-choice group on campus. It doesn't make any sense. You're a Catholic organization. Why would you ever say yes to abortion? Um, just don't go. If you're a pro-abortion person, going to a Catholic university, probably not your best bet. Go follow him at The Noah Ring. At- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.